What is up, everybody? This is Dave Schmidt, the host of the Lasting Learning Podcast. Super pumped that you are here on this podcast. We talk about game changers. We talk to life changers. We talk about things that really matter. So sit back, listen up, and enjoy Lasting Learning. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Lasting Learning Podcast. I am so glad you're here. Um, you know, I say this every week, and every week it's true. The guests just get better and better and better. No offense to whoever might have been my first guest. I'm not saying you're not important, but with 7 billion people in the world, you know you've made the top of the list. But today we've got two amazing educators um, that are going to be joining us. And for those of you that have been tuning in in recent weeks, you know that I'm not necessarily just getting people that commit to the status quo. I'm not getting people that step out and say, hey, follow the script and everything's gonna be fine. I'm getting people that are breaking the mold, people that are um, willing to go out there and knock down walls and then hand out the megaphone so that the, their voice can be amplified. And that's what we're doing today. We've got two guys joining us from uh, New York. And uh, so those of, those of us in the, the Midwest, we might ask you guys to repeat things a few times. <laughs> accent might come through a little rich. Um, but we've got uh, Chris and Gary here today who are just going to um, sh share some wisdom, share who they are as people, share a little bit about an upcoming project that they've got uh, coming out, and uh, just wow us all. So Chris and Gary, thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, Dave. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Yeah, it works. Now, I know there might be a couple people in the world who don't know who you are. So, <laughs> you guys mind taking a second? Just a few. Just a few. <laughs> yeah. Take a second. Uh, just uh, introduce yourselves. Who are you and what do you do? So, uh, my name is Chris Felicello. I'm assistant superintendent in North Rockland, and we're, about, uh, we're located about 40 miles north of Manhattan, the George Washington Bridge. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've had a, a, it's my 25th year in education. I started off, believe it or not, as a phys ed teacher. And... Um, and a coach, and that was my passion. I was a basketball coach, varsity boys coach for nine years, um, and then kind of moved over into becoming an athletic director and assistant principal, and, and um, then got a, a, a love doing the principal job, which I never thought I would love it as much. I, I really got into administration to be an athletic director, um, and I, I got the, the principal job, kept the athletic director piece of it, and, and decided that I wanted to be a, a principal in a bigger bigger district, a bigger uh, building, and, and ended up down in North Rockland as a middle school principal, um, where I served for seven years as a principal, and then I went into to become super, assistant superintendent of human resources, and then now I'm entering my my fifth year as assistant superintendent for educational services, and it's been, uh, you know, it's been a long, long, exciting journey, and I you know, just love it. I loved every step of the way, the different things I love about each job. Um, and I'm lucky to work with with great people like Gary, who's who's our uh, who's our English coordinator and and, and teacher. And um, here I am. Uh, <laughs> that was a good segue, right? Um, my name's Gary Armida, um, English teacher at North Rockland. This will be my this is my 22nd year, and time has flown. That's for sure. Um, started out in middle school in another district, and after five years, came to North Rockland, and it's been home ever since, and it will be home. Um, for the remainder of my career. It's an amazing place to work. Um, the people, the kids, everything. You know, I keep saying I have the best job in the world, and I do, because I work with the best people, best kids all the time. So um, as Chris said, I'm the English department coordinator as well, but the, the best part of my day are my three periods teaching and um, 
you know, and that's, that's where it is. So. Yeah. And I agree with Gary. I mean, we, you know, this is, I've worked in, in a couple of different places and, and I always say when we do the hiring piece and, and you'll never leave North Rockland because it's such a great place. And I, I really don't see myself uh, going anywhere else. I love being here. Um, I love the people. I love the teachers, the kids, um, our boss, our superintendent, our board of ed is amazing. So we're, we're blessed. And they've allowed us, and you know, you talked a little bit about kind of breaking that mold and doing things differently. They've allowed us to think differently and, and to, to kind of start asking that question, is this really best for kids or, or are we doing a certain thing? Because that's always the way we've done it around here. And, and you know, we've been able, I think, to really start uh, gaining some momentum in our district about um, doing things better for kids, doing things, you know, taking a, a look from a, from a different and a, and a broader scope of what, what kids need today. So. Oh, that's good. And, you know, you guys are, you're my people. And one, Gary, you got a haircut like mine. That's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, You've had this career trajectory that sort of uh, mirrors mine as well. We've, we've all been in the, the game here for 20 plus years. So we've seen education um, through a couple of decades. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's always interesting to me when I talk to people who have been in education for this amount of time, um, especially people that are out there amplifying change. Because in essence, what you're saying is that what you did when you started your career wasn't good enough, isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know that's, it causes a lot of reflection and philosophical mumbo jumbo going on in your head, but um, could you just talk about that a little bit when you say you got your district to the place where you, they're accepting change and doing things better for kids. What specifically needs to change? What are you looking at evolving? You know, I, I think it, it really comes down to what do we want for our kids, right? And if, you know, we're both parents and, and, and you know, that's probably our, the job that we care about the most Absolutely. and put the most effort and time into is, is being dads. Um, and I think about what do I want for my boys and, and what do you want for him is, is when they're an adult, when they're 25 years old. And it's very simple. I want them to be healthy. I want them to be happy. I want them to be good people. I want them to be content in the work that they do. But yet, when do we when do we take time in, in school to kind of address those sort of things? Or, or at least we haven't as much as I think we should. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of always about that point or that grade or that, you know, that, that next step. But, you know, really, it's got to be about the now. And, and it's got to be about looking at that big picture about how, you know, what type of people are we you know, helping them to become our, our students. Right. Like one of my least favorite phrases, we're training kids for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're leaders for tomorrow. No, they're leaders right now. There you go. And it's our job as teachers and educators to, to really develop that now. I mean, there are already their own advocates out there in the world already speaking up. And, you know, we need to give them the skills to do that now, to the ability to pursue passions without worrying about failing, you know, because half the time I fail all the time and I'm always better the second, third time around. And, you know, we don't give that opportunity a lot because everything is, you know, the number culture. And that's the one thing, you know, I always say, you know, a number never defines you. But you would think, you know, as a teacher, you know, that's what I preach and everything about. But last night with my daughter, I'm driving home and she's like, Dad, I got an 80 on a math test. I'm so upset. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, like, (laughs) you not hear me every day? The number doesn't define you, you know, so that kind of thing. So I I think that's one of the things we really need to change our focus. And that's one of my passions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're both, and that's, you know, that's kind of, you ask how we got together and, you know, we worked together when I was a principal and Gary was, was the coordinator and we we really didn't know each other that well. And, and, you know, the more we kind of talked, talked education, talked philosophy, realized how aligned we were. And fantasy baseball. And fantasy baseball. We have that too. (laughs) Although he pulled ahead of me this week, final week. And it's like, I don't know, I've fallen out of the money in that. 
It's well. I'm gonna let me talk about that relationship and that dynamic between the two of you guys a little bit, if that's all right, because it is pretty cool. And I would argue that there are some that would say it's it's different. Um, you know, to, to be in a, a district where you've got a central office administrator and a, a classroom teacher who um, don't just get along professionally, but you get along personally as well. Um, and you know, we, we, we've all heard about the lines that you have to have. You got to make sure that you're not mixing business with pleasure and all of that. Why do you think it works for you guys? You know, I think because we don't look at things in terms of title or position or, or it's just like, we know we're, I know if Gary's trying something out, he's doing it with the best of intentions to try to make things better for our kids. Mm -hmm. He knows that if I'm asking him to do something or asking the English department to do it, that I have the best of intentions. Mm -hmm. And, and there's never any of that crossing a line because we know ultimately we have the same goal. And I think that's what everybody has in our district is, is what's best for kids. But how do we channel that in a way that's, that's, um, you know, kind of asking us to look at it again, look at it different and look at it better. So, um, you know, th- th- that's, that's part of it. And there's a lot of people in the district, mm-hmm. whether they're, whether CSEA members, whether they're teachers, whether they're administrators, where we really get along and truly like each other and, and value each other's opinions. So, um, you know, that's kind of, I think how we're, we're able to, to, right. It comes down to trust too. You know, there's this yeah. inherent trust. And like Chris said, you know, if he gives me, you know, a job to do, you know, and this is what I really need. I know there's a bigger vision there. And a lot of times with, you know, teaching your classroom is your world and you don't get often get to see the big picture and you have to trust that the big picture is there and, and you have someone with a vision and then you make, you work your part in it. And, but it also comes back both ways where I'll come to Chris and this really isn't working. Can we try this? And it's always, absolutely. Is it, is it best for kids? Yes, absolutely. So trust is a, is a big thing. That's good. That's really good. Now, you guys talk a lot about um, trust and relationships, and you talked about the idea that your your families are your most important thing. You mm-hmm. speak very, very highly about your district and how your work is to help elevate your district and the students within your district. But mm-hmm. you're both also people who don't just sit back and say, my world is, is my little bubble, and I'm just going to make sure that my little bubble continues to grow. I mean, I've seen the, I've seen the TED Talks, I've seen the, the blogs, I've seen the podcast. There's a book that's, that's when, I'm, when we're recording this, coming out next week, um, yeah. amplifying this message everywhere. Why? why? Why isn't it good enough just to keep it in North Rockland, New York? You know, I just, and I, and I don't want to speak for Gary, but I just love having the conversations with people and being able to build those build those networks and, and really, you know, you, you think about our whole society through history and, and you know, how, how we progress when, when communication improved, mm-hmm. right? So like, you know, when we had writing and then the printing press has changed things and then the telephone changed things and then now more recently the internet has changed things and, you know, we're able to progress and progress and progress. Well, I think you're starting to see that in education. I think we're getting to that tipping point where people like you and I are able to talk where we would have, you know, 10 years ago, we would have had no way to have even met. Right. And, and so many people out there. So, you know, just, just kind of, just trying to share ideas and grow and learn together. And, 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 you know, it's expanding, 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 which is getting us to that point mm-hmm. in education where it is like that tipping point where it's going to go. And we're really going to start seeing things because we can already, I, I don't know, I can feel it. I don't know if you can, and you're part of the, the country, but I, I can feel it where things are getting different. Mm-hmm. It's not, 
the same old, same old, same old that it was for for you know a hundred years when we were trying to when we were trying to build um, a, a workforce that was factory workers. Now right. we want to build thinkers. So, well, and I'll just I'll just give you a slight a small example to that. So right now I am living and working in Michigan. Um, back when Chris, when you and I first connected, I was down in Florida. Right. I got this job in as with your job title right now, central office, um, assistant superintendent, executive director of curriculum, all of that stuff without ever stepping foot in the district. Never met the people face to face. It was all virtual like this. And I, I know there are some people that say, wow, if we would have met you face to face. We would have never made this deal. But <laughs> the is, you're right though. The world is changing. You know, Thomas Friedman talks about the world going flat. Um, yeah. But it's, it's true. There's a lot of change that's taking place. Um, mm -hmm. So what, what are you doing to try to amplify your voices? Right? Like I said, you've got the book. What's, yeah. So what's, we, you know, we have the book and, and you know, we, like you said, we did the TED Talks. But, but ultimately, you know, I don't think either one of us claims to be an expert right. on anything. I think, sure. you know, I think our strengths lie in the fact that we know that we want to grow. We want to get better. Mm -hmm. We want to be reflective. We want to look at the mistakes we made in the past and do better. And, 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 you know, that's a lot when we talk about the book and, and, you know, we, the teacher and the admin is, is the name of our blog and our book and, and the title is making schools better for kids. It's really our thoughts based on our experiences and right. mistakes we made along the way, things that happened to work along the way, what an administrator may want from a teacher, what a teacher may want from an administrator so that that trust can be built. And how can we work together to kind of move things forward and make sure that our kids, because everybody wants, nobody comes to work and none of our teachers come say, Hey, I want to be a crappy teacher today. Nobody, no administrator says, Oh, I want to be, I want to be terrible at my job. Everybody wants to do well, but, but how do we, you know, how do we get people to, to start saying just because I did it that way in the past doesn't mean I was wrong or it was bad or I was a bad teacher, but now times have changed. And now I, I want to just keep getting better right. and improving and kids of, you know, have different ways of communicating. So how can we, how can we do that? And you know, it's, I always say, you know, you can be a great teacher in your classroom, but if you don't do anything to amplify it beyond, you're only impacting a relatively small number of kids, which is great. Yeah. But I think we have an obligation to keep pushing because if we don't, people like you don't, nothing will ever change. So you do have to put yourself out there and amplify and, and really fight. So more, every kid has the opportunity to have this type of education that we're all trying to push for. Yeah. Like we did the, I mean, we went, a couple, went to a couple of ed camps and then we said, right. we're going to, we want to run an ed camp here. And just like all the, the, the educators in our little part of Rockland County in, in New York that we were able right. to meet and talk to and, and that had so many great ideas and, mm -hmm. you know, those sort of things that just, I don't know, that's the stuff that like, after it's over, you're on a high, like, right. I'm so excited because it's like, oh my God, and, and you know, we're, we're making a difference and, and I got a new idea and there's so many, so many good people out there mm -hmm. um, that, that it's great to kind of just expand that network, I think. Exactly. I, I hear you. It, it, but with every blessing comes a curse as well, you know, and um, something that, that I've experienced, especially over the, the last few months, is the more that your voice gets amplified, the, the more trolls you seem to pick up. Um, because it, change is only necessary if there are people still holding on to the status quo. I mean, if everybody just jumped on board, uh, all of us are irrelevant. We're, we're there trying to push change, which means there's going to be other people pushing back. And it, it, it's hard at times. I actually had somebody a couple of weeks ago that looked at me and said, wow, you're living the dream right now. You, you get to go meet all these people and talk to so many amazing people. And, and my response back was, yeah, but I'm also putting up with a lot of BS all the time too, because I, I know that I say things at times just to push the envelope and just to try to start the dialogue and start right. people thinking and talking. Um, I'm wondering 
both locally and now globally, now that your reach is really starting to, to be amplified. Have you had people that have pushed back and like said, oh, this is like the, the teacher and teacher's pet type thing happening? Oh. Or, um, I mean, just talk about some of that, that, the stuff that you've had to overcome along with this. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've gotten criticism at different points mm -hmm. because, um, you know, as you said, of, of, of pushing the envelope. And sometimes the criticism has been justified because we put stuff out there that maybe wasn't, our intent or, or to, to, to polarize people. But, but um, I think we take that as a learning experience as well. Um, and, you know, and just keep going and keep plugging because, you know, if you, if you stop at every mm -hmm. bump in the road, or if you, if you kind of shrink at every criticism or, you know, you have to develop a thick skin and if you're doing what you believe in. And again, I don't ever want to come off and I know Gary never wants mm -hmm. to come off as a know-it-all or somebody has all the answers because we certainly don't, but we just want to share. I mean, listen, there's, I'm sure plenty of people like us that right. could share their experience in education that would, that would be able to benefit us and everybody else. But we want to be able to do that. And we're, we're kind of taking this up to say, we're going right. to do it. And if you like it, great. If you don't, that's fine too. Um, and, and just, you know, keep, keep trying to understand that I want to see it from somebody else's perspective. Cause like I said earlier, nobody wants to be bad at their job. Nobody wants to hurt kids. Nobody wants to. So, so how can I look from their perspective? And then if it's somebody in my district, how can I put them in a position to be successful? Because everybody does have some qualities. Everybody does have some strengths. Even, even maybe our, our teachers that we see as the weakest, they have to have some strengths. So how can we bring that out in them? And that's, that's mm -hmm. always the challenge and not quit on them because they've criticized me or Gary or, or somebody else because maybe they didn't agree or maybe they're threatened. Right. And it, it goes in phases too. You know, when we first started, it was like, hey, what are they doing? And then, you know, it became you know everything, why are you doing this? And there was a little, but now I feel like we've almost settled in a little bit because if you just keep doing it and yeah. you keep believing it and you walk the walk, you know, and I, I and think, then, yeah, and I think that's made us really kind of be more cognizant right. too of like, hey, we're right, but we, we have to right. do that. Even if you're in a bad mood, like, or you wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Exactly. Say, oh, like I sometimes gotta, I'll text them like, I got to be the teacher today and I don't <laughs> know if I have it in me. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, even things like, you know, you go to a building like I was at some buildings today and you know, the kids are great and they really just give you that, that energy and, and, you know, people ask, you know, how do you connect with kids? And, and I'm like, well, you have, you know, give them eye contact, let them know that they're seen, you know, speak with them, you know, but sometimes you're going so fast through the day. Like I was, that I'm like, no, stop and like give this kid 30 seconds to let them know that they're, they're a person that you care about and you see them for who they are. And um, so, you know, I think, I think it's helped me to be a better educator, Absolutely. the writing and putting stuff out there because it's challenged me to kind of, as you said, walk the walk yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So, right. If you're going to put it out there, you got to be ready to defend it because yes. that's people will be critical and they'll, they'll say, Oh, you just put this out there, but you don't really live this life. And that double standard deteriorates and takes away from all that trust that you've been working so hard to try to build. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want anybody to think that doing better means doing things easier because <laughs> that is so far from the truth. Nor, what, what I'm starting to experience is, the more that you try to improve, the harder it gets. Um, yes. Because being where you are right now, safe is easy. Um, anytime you try something different, it's going to be a struggle because you're changing habits, you're changing routines, you're changing mindsets, and it, it's a struggle. Mm -hmm. So what, with you guys right now, um, talk about what's, what's going well. You guys started your, your year, what, four or five weeks ago now. You're rocking and rolling. Yeah. Um, what, what's the success story? What's... Yeah, so um, well, we actually this year, and I, you know, I feel like I've talked about this, uh, you know, so much. But um, we we um, we were part of a committee that that um, looked at homework and homework reform, 
yeah. and we implemented a new policy this year. Our board, uh, our board of education approved it. It's in policy. We no longer refer to homework as homework. It's home learning now. And, um, and you know, it was, it was a three-year process. Yes. We involved parents, students, teachers, administrators, board of ed members. We had several meetings. We did, we did research. We kids. read books. We had kids. Yeah. That was the most important part. Um, and we came up with a product that we're pretty proud of, and, and we think it's, it's pretty, um, pretty unique in, in some, of the, some of the things. Like we have no, um, no homework on weekends or over school breaks anymore. We did away with reading logs. Um, homework can only count 5% at the secondary level, no more than 5%. Um, you know, elementary, it's not on any of our, our report cards or, or any of our standards-based report cards. No recess taken away or anything like that for, for missed homework. So um, there's a lot of, lot of work behind it that we came up with something that we really were, were proud of. Mm -hmm. And as you said, too, like, you know, kind of that, you know, how far do you push the envelope or how far do you back off? And, and you know, we could have done it a little easier. Right. You know, some people would have said, please, just do 10%. And my wife said, like, do 10%. Nobody would be mad. And I'm like, yeah, but I really believe in this. And I think it's the right thing to do. And if, if nobody ever, if you always settle and nobody ever pushes a little forward, mm -hmm. then, then you're never going to make any progress. So, and, and that's what I, and that's the conversation I had to her. I said, if I, if I can't be a leader that, that, you know, if I'm just trying to survive and keep my position and, and do all that and never making anything better, then, then that's not who I want to be as a leader I want to be. So, um, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that we're pretty proud of. Absolutely. And that's your award last night was pretty ah. great. <laughs> you know, when you talk about talking to talk last night, Gary was um, surprised by, he's the Honor Society um, um, advisor. And we had our induction last night and we actually inducted, they induct a, a one or two faculty members each year. This year, our superintendent was inducted as just, you know, and it's always a surprise and it's very emotional and, and flowers come out and uh, the kids did it. And then they, they were like, okay, they walked off stage as if it was done. And then they came back and, oh wait, we have one more. And on their own, they, they uh, inducted Gary into, into the honorary member. And they even had the orchestra kids, um, played the office theme song because that's his he's like an office nut he <laughs> yeah. loves it and um it was really emotional no, Gary, I, will, I will refer to you as dwight <laughs> <laughs> i like it well, you could be jim i guess but we'll, we'll go with dwight that's <laughs> that's good i'll take any of them it's all good yeah, that, that was a uh, you know something you never forget and what the kids said you know the two beautiful speeches and you know we talk walking the walk and i just i was like okay you know like you don't yeah. you don't go into the business for the those moments but right. when they happen they're awesome they're amazing and it's something i'll never forget you know yeah and they get the the girl who's doing it who's giving the speech is you know first you know i think she and i'm getting like you know i'm not whatever you know but I'm like oh my god you start getting like emotional it's like oh and he's always he's always there for us he we can always count on him I'm like, oh my god and then she's reading i don't even know if she did this intentionally but thank you for making schools better for kids i'm like oh that's the title of the book she got that in the speech too like did she know that or not so it was um, that's very cool and, you know that, that that's a that's a perfect segue towards the i was literally writing down a question well well you were talking chris but now i'm going to just go to this question you'll see how it fits perfectly with what just happened to you last night gary so you talked early on gary about the, the conversation you had with your daughter uh who scored this 80 percent mm -hmm. and uh she looked at herself as is this failure or just not reaching her potential because of that number in schools everywhere, even in New York, um, schools are, are now labeled by their numbers yes. and their AYP and, um, student growth and proficiencies. Uh, we've got numbers galore. Right. Um, you know, we got a book coming out right now and looking at those sales numbers. I know you are, you're going to want to <laughs> where it is on the, 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 
the, the ranks. I won't yeah. have to look because Chris will do it for me I and am. tell me. So, I'm like, come on, when's the pre? You know, it's like you can get it on Kindle now. What can you pre buy the other? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up there yet? Where is it? You know. Absolutely, but you know, numbers numbers are a reality. You you talked about the fact that you guys do fantasy baseball and you're constantly looking at the stats. I mean, numbers are reality in the real world, um, but the numbers don't define your success. Chris, you mentioned how uh, you see success because you helped change an idea and you brought forth a policy that's going to truly change practice. And Gary, you said you, you just had a moment last night you'll never forget because you realized the impact you made on these kids. And it's like these big ideas that help mm -hmm. define your success. Um, going forward, since you've already had some of these big moments now, what's gonna define your success in the coming year? For me, um, if my groups, and I'm gonna boil it down to my groups and my daughter lumped in that, if they can realize that learning isn't about a number and you're going to make mistakes. And one of the things I really want to change is I know the numbers there and I know I can't get rid of the number. I wish I could. I know I can't, but there's ways to, to come up with that number. That's more, that's more fair for kids that that would allow them to experience, you know, the failure, you know, as an English teacher, we talk about writing process and we're constantly revising, you know, as writers, we're, we're doing the same thing. You know, we look at our first draft and it's like, eh, but by the time we go through it a few times, it's, it's great, you know, and, but if, if we stop grading them after that one and done, or if we give them a pro and it's a one and done, instead of showing them, you know, in the real world, you practice and you practice without it and you keep revising. And I think we can get there with that. So if I, if I can instill that culture into them, Sorry, that would okay. be a success. So, um, you know, and that would be my long-term goal too for all students. And, you know, my daughter who's just entering middle school, she's absolutely crushing it in middle school. I have to put this in here in case she listens to this. <laughs> you know, she's, she's an A student and she works hard, but I don't want her to, you know, lose sight of, you know, taking the shortcuts because of the grade. And that's, and that's what we've created in a lot of ways in our system where shortcuts are valued, the kid who's good at playing the job of school, you know, or, you know, we've, we've enabled the airdrop culture where, you know, their airdrop and assignments and the job share and everything like that. Yeah. Instead of them genuinely learning because they love to learn. Yeah. And if you set that environment, um, and I think every subject can do that. I've seen amazing math teachers set that up where kids, you know, have the opportunity to practice math without any penalty before their assessment. And then even then they can make up the assessment because what, what's more important, the, the number or the fact that the kid actually learned. And everyone learns differently. It takes me forever to do certain things where, you know, baseball, very quick, you know, tell me a guy and I, and I got his number. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, and, you know, I was thinking about this last night in terms of that number culture. And, and because like you said, the reality is it matters. And, you know, you have to get a, you have to do well in the SATs if you want to go to one of the top colleges, right. And you have to have a certain GPA and you, you know, there's certain things that you have to do and nobody wants their kids disadvantaged. And I'm, I'm thinking last night, it's like, you know, you have these crazy ideas when you, you know, you're laying up in, or wake up in the middle of the night. I'm like, you know, should we do like a, you know, like in schools, a Tim Ferriss idea, you know, how he has the Tim Ferriss is, you know, I love listening to, to his podcast where he has the 80, 20, you know, like we're so like, you, know, you get 80% of the results with 20% of the work and, you know, kind of the other stuff is it, you spend so much time on it doesn't really give you that much progress. You know, school's a game, as Gary said, and, and we're trying to break that mold of having school not be a game, getting kids excited about learning and passionate and, and what they're finding. And I'm saying like, 
like, how bad would it be if schools out there said, you know what, we're going to teach the kids the game. Let's teach our kids the game. Hey, here's what you need to do to get, you know, this and this and to do well in the SAT and the pass reads. Because sometimes we keep it such a secret, right? Like we hold all everything so tightly, right? So let's let's teach them how to beat the game and how to play the game. And then and then we can really spend our time with having them find what they're passionate about. Hey, listen, guys, you've got to do this because you have to pass this region. So here's the types of problems and here's some things you can do and you're falling behind or whatever it is. But now once you've figured out the game, now we can do something fast. It's probably a crazy idea, but uh, you know, it's no. it went through my mind. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's spot on. I think you both bring up some some awesome points here, and I'll, I'll use baseball because that's where you guys are right now. You're living in the baseball world. And <laughs> who do you like? Who do you like, Dave? Who's your team? I, I'm not going to say I'm a Tigers fan because they've got the worst record in the league right now. So <laughs> <laughs> the analogy well, still yeah, yeah, We're uh, trying to make it to a playoff game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the analogy still works here. So uh, you talk about playing a game. So let's just use baseball, um, and that. Our job is to kind of change the rules of the game, if you will. You know, there's been a lot of talk about speeding up the game of baseball, mm -hmm. speeding up Major League Baseball, and bringing like a, a pitch count right. um, or a pitch clock to the game. Yep. And it's something that they've experimented with in the minor leagues, and they're looking at bringing it up and trying to speed up the game. But that's not something that the commissioner just sat back and said, I'm going to do this, let's do it. He's got a rules committee that he brings together comprised mm -hmm. of owners and players. Um, retired players and current players to say, how would this impact you? And they all have a voice in it. Right. I'm, I'm a big believer that if you get people to weigh in, you don't have to get them to buy in. Right. Mm -hmm. Far too often, we spend our time in schools trying to get kids to just buy into our process, to mm -hmm. buy into the way we're doing it, as opposed to if school is a game, inviting the players in. You know, you show, them that. show them this is what this is why this is important. This yeah. is that isn't that important. Oh, it isn't. No, you know what? If this is what would happen if you didn't do that, right. just being so right. honest with them. Exactly. Yeah, it, like it, even even today, um, I went into my class. You know, after the the magical night last night, and a lot of them are sitting in my class. And I was, I wasn't feeling comfortable with how we've been working, so I just sat down. And was like, what can I do better? That's it. And we had a forty minute conversation about what they need from me in class to make it better. Now I have homework over the weekend for me. Um, <laughs> you have home learning. You know, yeah. I need to hear their voice. It's a brand new course and I wasn't comfortable, you know, with the start of the year, but I admitted that to them and they yeah. gave me really good stuff. Now I feel like I have a plan because like you said, let them have a seat at the table and, and hear it. So. Yeah. And, and that seat at the table might be through a formalized process, like changing board policy to impact homework and home learning, or they might just give you feedback and Gary, you hit on this by, the way that they act. If kids are able to airdrop assignments, <laughs> it gives us a lot of insight as to whether or not they value the assignment right. um, or whether or not that assignment has any value whatsoever. Um, I think that's a, a powerful statement. You know, I also, I'm a firm believer. We, we talk a lot about how we need to teach kids about overcoming failure and per perseverance um, and that we live in a society where we have to edit and revise and change things. But you know what? Our kids already live in that world. Mm -hmm. Only in schools do we not let that happen? You just right. look, look at Instagram and kids yeah. take 15 different pictures to get the one they want. They, right. that they can delete, they can delete, they can delete. Even the dating market these days using social media, swipe left and swipe right. You can pick and edit. Our kids know this stuff. Mm -hmm. We don't listen. Yeah. They're already telling us that they live in a society and they understand they live in a society where you are able to fix things that you break and edit things that aren't perfect. But yet in our schools, we say, well, we're not going to listen to that. We're going to force you to live in this, this little bubble where you get one time to, to do things, to demonstrate proficiency and mastery. And if you don't do it, you're doomed for the rest of your life. 
It's yeah, ridiculous. Right. It's ridiculous. It, it really, it doesn't, and again, it goes back to a lot of what we do in schools doesn't make seem to make sense, right? It's right. just, why are we doing that? Oh, because, you know, we did that. And a lot of times it's fear too. Like if, if Gary needs, you know, to come in late because he's taking his little sister off the bus or he can't get up or whatever it is. And we, we, we don't, you know, we don't give him detention or have him miss more class because he's missed class, which never made any sense to me. <laughs> but, but, you know, there's that fear that, well, if Gary's allowed to come in late, everybody's going to Everybody's come. going to, yeah. Or if yeah. this one gets away with it, they're all going right. to do it. And the reality is that, that, at least in my experience, that's not the case, no. you know, and, and, and that's kind of what we've been talking a lot about. How do you make your school district the best? How do you make your class the best? How do you make your building the best? You, you, you figure out each kid as an individual and see what is it that they need and then do our damnedest to give it to mm -hmm. them as an entire building. And that's kind of what, what we think should be the way to, to handle right. things. And um, I'm sorry, I get like, you know, I get the Italian, I get the hands going, I get passionate <laughs> about this stuff. But, uh, <laughs> oh, so good. It's so good. So I, I, I want to ask a question, and you might not have an answer to this. Okay. Um, you don't even want to share. I don't know. So the two of you guys seem like you see eye to eye on things, other than your fantasy baseball teams. Yeah. <laughs> are there things that you guys have, have wrestled with recently? Um, and maybe it's not a big idea, but are, are, is there ever tension? Or it, if there is tension, does it stay in the room? And then once you open the doors, you guys are locked up. I can tell you just from, you know, there was one time a few years back, um, when we were looking at revi revising our writing program. And I had this moment of pride where like, I can do this. I can do it myself. I don't, we don't need to bring anyone in. And he let me say my piece. And then he <laughs> said, call me up. I need you to do this. And that was it. You know, that was it. I don't even so, remember that. But, yeah, um, <laughs> no, it was, I, I need, and it was the best decision we ever made because the person we brought in is really making an impact. We're working well together. And our department and our, our entire writing program has moved forward because of that decision. But at first, you know, that could have been one. And that was early on in our friendship, too, you know. And, but, you know, just the way I really need you to do this, and here's why. And once I heard it, it's like, okay, done. You know, that kind of thing. So, And there is yeah. very, like, you know, we don't always agree on everything. Right. But I, I don't, you know, I don't remember any times where I was, you know, mad at Gareth. Yeah. Oh, he's messed this up or, yeah. or anything like that. And, but... You know what? Something I'm working on this year is, you know, when you doing the whole, you know, the whole Brandy Brown thing and reading that is like being very clear with people if they didn't meet my expectations, right? Or if I disagree, or if, you know, because because you know, a lot of times in the past I would harbor anger, or I would, you know, I would want to be, you know, uh, you know, get back and you know, be be vengeful, and it's like I realize how small minded that is, and how that's not the type of leader that I want to be. So if somebody doesn't do something, being very clear to say, yeah, I was disappointed, and here's why. And that's okay, but let's move on to the next time. So, you know, if Gary and I were, were to disagree, I, mm -hmm. I, I would be honest with him, and I have a closer relationship with him than, than many, but I, and I think he would do the same yes, for me. Yes. And, and, you know, he has come to me at times, and other people in our district come to me and said, mm, I, I don't know about this, be careful, or, or I don't know that I agree. And, you know, at first, you know, we kind of get our backs up, and then we realize these people are looking out for the best interest of me and our district and, and they care about me and, and it's you know never easy to have those conversations. Right. So that's something that I want to be able to do this year that's more good. consistently. Oh, that's good. You know, again, it goes back to the idea of what we do, they do. Right. Mm -hmm. and we tell teachers on a daily basis that the relationships matter. We need them to really understand their kids and actually like their kids and have these relationships with them. But then if we model that in the real world where the adults live, mm -hmm. you have those relationships, you can't have, you can't provide feedback you can't be critical, you can't grow each other, then we're being hypocrites. Again, we Absolutely. have to model what we, what we expect because kids will see through it. And um, teachers see through it. Everybody in the world sees through it. So just 
If you're going to say it, live it and be it. And that's the same thing, right? I mean, you made such a good point there because we want, what do we want from our teachers? We want us, them to see all the strengths in the, in the kids right. in their classroom, even yep. if they are not, you know, doing certain things that, that they would have expected. So we want, you have to find the strengths of that student, whether they're an L, whether they're a special ed student, whether they're coming from trauma or a difficult home or from poverty, we want you to find their strength. But yet if I'm writing teachers off or, or other, other staff members off and not looking to do the same, then how am I modeling that? Yeah. And just imagine if we had, if we, all of our teachers had to wear on their lanyards, they had their own little label as to whether or not they were at risk or if they were special ed or if they had to walk with the labels, like we make our kids walk with the labels, it would, <laughs> it would not be good for our culture and climate. So. Right, right. And it's the same thing, you know, we talk about trauma and I'm sure you guys you know, have that there, but a lot of our teachers have dealt with trauma, right? right? Mm -hmm. Or a lot of our teachers are dealing with something um, going on in their lives. So they may be, you know, acting a way that they wouldn't normally act right. or, and they need, they need somebody to lift them up. Exactly. So, and I, I don't know, David, you're, you're kind of in, in that new role. And, and I, I had the pleasure over the summer of seeing uh, Ken Blanchard and Simon Sinek do, do this thing down oh, in yeah. New York. It's amazing. Um, but, but what, what, what they said in, in, in the talk was, you know, as you move up in an organization, you're not, your job isn't anymore doing as much. So you're not selling the widgets. You're not making the widgets. You're, you know, in our case, you know, delivering the curriculum or whatever it may be. Your job is to take care of all the people that are doing that so that they can do it the best way that they can. And, right. and that's kind of how I'm trying to view my job this year is my job is about my people and making sure that, that I'm supporting them. I'm cutting away the red tape for them. I'm giving them a pickup when they need it. I'm fighting a fight for them and taking a hit for them when, when, when that's happening. So that's what I want to try to get you asked before about like what would be success this year. That would be success for me that I'm, I'm better at kind of lifting everybody up. And again, some days you're better at it than others. And, and some days you, you, you know, you fail at it, right. but, but exactly. you, know, you keep, you keep plugging and, and keep coming back and trying to do that. And, um, and yeah, something, something I appreciate about both of you guys, and it's, it's come out very clearly just in this talk is, you know, we talked early on about you've both been doing this now for, for two decades plus. And um, what you're in essence trying to do is change the way that you taught back in the day and trying to change the next generation. But I'm also hearing loud and clear from you guys that you want to change who you were even last year and who oh, you were yeah. yesterday, and that you guys, again, you're walking that. You're not trying to tell people, just follow what I do, and you're going to be amazing. You're mm -hmm. trying to step up and say, if I'm challenging you to get better, I'm going to get better too. So kudos to you guys, man. That's, that's awesome. I hear it loud and clear. Thanks. Thank no, you. It's, you know, it's a struggle, you know, every day, but yeah, that's it. It's like what it's about. Yeah, because people look, people are, look at you like you're the experts, and you're supposed to know it all. And they're going to do so even more once that book comes out. They're going to expect you to just have the answers. Right. Being real, saying, nah, I'm still on the journey too, guys. <laughs> I don't have it all. It's, it's yeah. No, yeah. I still mess up in the classroom. You know, 22 years in, you know, the first couple of days I did an activity, and I thought I had it, and then I panicked. So when I ran my first department meeting, I told them. I was like, hey, this is what I did. This is what happened, and I failed. How would, could we make this better? And I think people appreciated that too. You know, that's cool. I, I'm more apt now to share my failures because like you said, the first couple of years of writing, you know, it, it became like, oh, you know everything. And no, I really don't. So I think I need to be more vocal with sharing when I mess up and how I recover from that. I, th I think that's important because we all do. We yeah. all, yeah, like the other day I had a, I was having a meeting it was like, I don't know, it was early in the morning, 9.45, 10 o'clock. And it's like, and I find myself and I'm like, with another with a colleague and I'm talking about like, oh, complaining about somebody else, you know, and, and I'm like, oh my God, like, what, I'm like, what am I doing? I wrote it right in my journal this morning. I'm going to be, you know, uh, not, not talk about people being the positive and, and then here I am. I said, so I'm going to stop right now. You know, you can catch yourself doing those things because human nature a lot of times is to 
you know, complain or, you know, and how I don't want to be that. I don't want to, I want to be better at that. So um, I'm working on it. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's a, it's a lesson that I've, I'm, I'm practicing every single day and it's, it, it, I don't want to plug my own book here. We're here to talk about okay. yours, but, um, but that's the essence of the, the book I just wrote of bold humility. It's, I started off in my career thinking I was supposed to be the answer guy as a classroom teacher. I looked, I had 150 kids a day expecting me to have all the answers mm-hmm. and that boosted my, my own ego and my confidence, my swagger. And I thought, okay, I can go into the school administration thing because I've got this down. And I thought I became a leader. I'm just supposed to have all the answers. I want all the teachers to come to me so I can just give them my wisdom. And yeah. it was it was almost like the emperor was wasn't wearing clothes, and I thought that nobody could see it. Everybody saw that arrogance, but not me. Um, and what I've come to understand is that vulnerability is a lot more attractive than arrogance. That if you're willing to simply say and own what you can't do and your shortcomings, you'll draw more people into your circle than being the answer guy. So I think that that's this magnetic quality that I'm already picking up from you guys is that you guys are willing to say, Hey, I don't have this. Let's, let's figure this out together. And it's so good. So good. Thank you. No, thanks. And it's what you said is true. It is like, you know, how do you, you know, how do you look at that, that vulnerability and say what I'm not good at? And, you know, it's again, it's that challenge, like, you know, to, to say like when I'm not being productive at work, like when I need to go home and not stay until right. late or not, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you judge that? Because, you know, I used to, you know, you wear that badge of honor. Like I never take a day. I haven't taken a day in 25 years, you know? And it's like, well, you know, I, maybe I came in with strep throat one year and I'm giving it to strep throat to everybody, <laughs> you know, like who am I doing any favors for? So, right. you know, taking a look at, at that, those weaknesses and what you can and cannot do so that you can be the best you, I guess. That's good. Well, since I took the opportunity to, to stand in my own little soapbox and self-promote, I'm going to flip it now. It's going to be your opportunity. Okay. Now you've done the Ted talk thing before and you know how difficult that is to take all these big ideas and shrink them into like 14 to 18 minutes or whatever it is. Yeah. When you're peddling a book and selling the ideas in a book that has hundreds of pages in it and you've got 30 seconds to try to capture an audience, to capture somebody to, to make that purchase and to say, this book is going to change what you do. Um, is super hard. It's like writing a tweet in live in real time, man. You got to take this big idea and put it in a 280 characters. So I'm going to ask both of you now, you're going to have like 30 seconds from the teacher and the admin. Um, why is your book going to be a book that people should pick up and read to grow and learn? Good. All right. Teacher first. The teacher first. <laughs> the oh, teacher. So you can take <laughs> So the re- I think what makes our book unique is that we attack issues from both perspectives. And oftentimes, you know, books only come from this singular thing where it's either a top down or it's a, you know, a teacher perspective where we both through conversations, we're not lecturing. And like, as we've talked about, we've talked, we talk about our failures in there and how we're trying to improve and, you know, seeing it from all sides, I think really other than the kids. Yeah. Um, really is that's what makes us unique. Get a kid that's the next get one. your men and the student. And the yeah, student, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you got the sequel planned. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, I, and it, like you know, so the structure of the book is we, we, we pick a topic that we feel is is an area that maybe we can do better in, in our in our sit in our education system. And you know, we write a kind of a, an intro, and then then Gary writes it from the teacher's point of view. I write it from the administrator's point of view. We have some guests that that do interludes and their thoughts on it. And um, I, I really think, as Gary said, it gives you the, the perspective of both sides and, and 
Also, we've built in some ideas on, on how you might be able to do that and, and some different activities. And, and, you know, we could, you know, if I were back in my principal seat again, it's something that I'd like to use to say, hey, in our district, we're looking at building trust. So here's somebody from a, from a teacher point of view of what they want from an administrator, and here's something from an administrator point of view. So how can we use what they're saying to bring us together as a staff? Or if we wanted to talk about grading or homework or whatever whatever topic it may be, I could certainly see right. you know teachers and administrators using that as a resource in, in faculty meetings or in a PD day or, or, or something along those lines. And you know, I think uh, we're just we're just raw. We just tell it how, yeah, how it is. We're open exactly. and, and and have some good stories to share. Some of them may be a little off color, but <laughs> <laughs> New York boys talking on the page. Yeah, that's it. right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm I'm super excited to to get a hold of it. So um, the teacher and the admin is going to be available everywhere. By the time people are listening to this, it is already available everywhere. So get yourself a copy. It, it sounds like it's. The perfect fit if you just need to enhance your culture and your climate, if you need to enhance your communication, if you just want to see the, the world through a different lens. It's not an us versus them. It's a we type of book. It, it hits on content and curriculum as, as well as life. So I, I, I really don't know what this book is missing. So <laughs> yeah, reading it, um, you're definitely missing out. So, so make sure you go grab it today. Um, anything else you guys want to say before we, we wrap this up today? Uh, no, it's been great. You know, again, as we talked about earlier, you know, connecting with people and kind of putting yourself out there, talking to you and, and, and having someone that, that really thinks very similar yeah, to how we do. I'm sure, you know, if we were working together in, in the same district that we would kind of be all sharing You'd be in the fantasy and, baseball league. And you'd be in our fantasy <laughs> baseball league. You know, so a little known fact, Gary was um, actually a sports writer as well in, yeah. you know, in another life. Mm -hmm. He was a uh, I think he had two covers of USA Today sports yeah. section he had, he had gotten for baseball stuff. And um, you switched to Baseball America or baseball uh, USA Today. USA right, USA Today, and they had their own magazine. Their own magazine, yeah. 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 So, uh, oh, Baseball Digest. There baseball Digest, there yeah. 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 So, um, that was a long time ago. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just been a, it's been a great journey, and yeah. it's been great to, to connect with you uh, some more on this, this uh, podcast. Absolutely. Well, well, guys, I, I appreciate it so much. I know there's going to be people out there that are going to be connecting to you and going out there and picking up that book and those connections are going to continue to grow. So I appreciate it. And to all of you out there, um, go get the guy's book. It's awesome. Get it today. <laughs>